Boston Celtics are doing it again to the 76ers. Joel Embiid, great. James Harden, not so great. Terrible. And guess who I've got with me? Trash. It's Jared Weiss. Garbage. On a bonus Locked On <laughs> NBA podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining James, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. I don't know what it is about me doing these post-game podcasts, these bonus, like some something about Friday, Saturday podcasts. I completely screw up the intros. I have no idea what I'm saying anymore. But I'm here at the Wells Fargo Center with Jared Weiss of The Athletic there after the Celtics. 114-102 win, game three. Uh, feels like a classic Celtics 76ers series to me where – Celtics kind of have the plan. Joel Embiid plays well, surprisingly well, actually. And uh, everyone else is kind of in Celtics win. I thought you were going to say because there was bloodshed, a home player got booed on his own court. Um, <laughs> there was fireworks at the all beginning of, of the game. Things, all yeah. those things. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was truly, I mean, it was a bizarre night in that you have like the stage set for Joel Embiid as the MVP. Had a good game for sure. But James Harden just being complete trash was the story of the game to the point that, like, I got at least four point shaving jokes about James Harden at <laughs> halftime tonight. Um, you know, the numbers don't look as bad because, like, he had a couple shots at the very end. Um, his usage was so high that he was going to get those dimes. But, like, this was a like genuinely concerning game for the Sixers and how he looked. And just huge for the Celtics at this point. I mean, obviously, if Harden plays dramatically better, the series is going to get very tight again. But Harden is just on such a sharp downward spiral right now, and the Celtics are in full control. He's just not asserting himself anymore. Just makes you wonder: Did Game One actually happen, or did I like have a fever dream? No, we all blacked out. We all like it's like we all got like incepted, and that thing happened somewhere in some universe. Harden three of fourteen, two of seven. Uh, He got to the line a few times, eight of nine. He did get those 11 assists, so you, you, you can sit there and maybe justify. So, no, no, he was getting other guys involved, you know, whatever, and he just had a bad shooting night. I don't know. I, I was They put me way up top like I was hanging from the banners. Uh, but there was one possession early on where I, I tweeted out, I'm like, does Harden really want to be here right now? Because no. he, had, he had a clear path, and I'm literally, I'm like bird's eye view. It's like, he had a clear path to the rim. And he just didn't take it. He just kind of backed off. So after the game, everybody's talking about the job, the defensive job that they were doing on Joe, on on James Harden. But I was like, yes, they did play good defense on Harden, but also Harden played good defense on Harden. I mean, did you see what Harden's answer was when he was asked, like, what did the Celtics or did the Celtics do anything to like affect yeah. tonight? Nope. He said, nope, nope. <laughs> and he's not wrong. I mean, they played good defense, but this was. There were many opportunities where he just needed that little extra oomph to get to the rack, which he has done throughout his career. He's one, he's one of the best players of all time. It's not like he doesn't know how to do this, right? Right. Uh, and he just refused to do it in weird scenarios where there was just a couple. There's a couple plays where he's one dribble away from a physical layup. 
yeah. where it wasn't even going to be that well contested. Maybe Tatum would have flown in and blocked it, but like he knows he knows how to use his shoulder to leverage and all that kind of stuff. He and for some reason, and flop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was funny as Marcus Smart had a play tonight where he elevated over Paul Reed, got his like hand right up to the rack, and then passed it to Malcolm Brogdon who missed a wide open three. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at him like. Only James Harden would do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was genuinely, it was honestly, okay, it's really frustrating as someone who loves basketball. I'm sure most people are like, shut up, Jared. But it's really frustrating watching James Harden playing like this because we just saw in game one how incredible he is. He's like, yeah. one, he's one of the all time great scores. And this has been a big part of his career is the massive Jekyll and Hyde's. Yeah. especially in these huge games like just it's not like he like struggles in big games like like last year in the elimination game he just straight up stopped playing yeah and this was a game where at least he didn't completely stop playing but he was being so passive in ways that were just kind of it didn't make sense for a guy like passive him. passive is the best way to put it passive by passing yes yeah, yeah i it just i did just doesn't i don't know when, when Embiid played 39 minutes 30 points 13 rebounds got to the line 12 times hit 11 of them uh we could talk about in a minute the, the the defensive job. I thought the Celtics really did a good defensive job on Joel Embiid for the most part. For sure, um, the, I think the free throws bumped him. He eleven free throws is going to bump up your your total. Um, some of that's just kind of unavoidable with him. But when you get that coming into this game, I thought one of the biggest questions was was the game two Harden indicative of? I mean, a game two Embiid indicative of? the Embiid that you're going to see the whole series? Or was that the knock the rust off, get him back, and we're going to see a, a more Joel Embiid-like Joel Embiid? And, and clearly it was the latter. It was, you know, he's he's moving better than I expected, and he's playing pretty well. Still not his normal self, I think. I don't think he can do a lot of work backing people down, uh, pushing off of that leg. <laughs> not but at all. He's 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 still really effective as a face-up guy, but when you get that, especially when there's so many question marks, to to not get all the other stuff for the Celtics defense to take away some of these other guys, Maxi four of sixteen, he couldn't hit a damn thing. You know, uh, you got Tobias Harris and PJ Tucker combining for sixteen points. That's that's a huge thing. Uh, meanwhile, the Celtics had six guys in double figures, and and really just spread out good defense good offense good everything uh like i said before the celtics are doing their thing again against the sixers game one i think is an aberration because they didn't have Embiid, and they're clearly not going to sit Embiid. it just feels like okay this is the formula the celtics are doing the exact same thing to the sixers that they've always done the funny thing is they're a better team without Embiid in the way that they play. Obviously, they're better with the MVP, but like they play the style of play that actually works. I think the thing, the reason why you can't just be like, Joel, we're just going to make you play this way is that Harden clearly cannot sustain that because yeah. it should be easier for him. Like I, uh, I was talking to someone before the game. Uh, I think it was a source on the Celtics side. They were saying that there was like this one stat that showed that Harden's shot quality based on like second spectrum metrics is better in game two. Then it was a game one. And like for all, for all the shitting on Missoula that we did in game one, like they, those were contested threes. Yeah. Those were, those are really hard shots that he had to hit. He had some incredible drives in that game. He just went, he went God mode. And the Celtics have been a little bit more aggressive on him. 
Um, they've just, I mean, basically at this point with him and, and Embiid in the pick and roll, they're just selling out on packing the paint mm-hmm. and completely ignoring the corner shooters, yep. which still continue to work in this game. I mean, they, they hit the same number of threes. Like they had a really good shooting night from three, but they got nothing on the interior except for Embiid hitting a bunch of like pull-ups and then he had like a couple good face-up moves his face-up game is like 75 percent there you're mm-hmm. right his back to the basket game is gone and makes me wonder are they going to double less in game four because they doubled out they tried to double him out of his back to the basket game a lot yeah a big part of that was they were deliberately cross-matching on a lot of the lineups that they were doing mm-hmm. um just to try to keep horford uh by the by the um rim but like especially when they started going double big they have a lot of opportunity where they don't have to double him and he got a lot of assists just by you know being able to move it right off, or I guess hockey assists by being able to move it off of those doubles. I don't think they even need to do that. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to like him with his back to the basket, you probably just let that go straight up. Yeah. Um, and you, but you know what? Every once in a while, you do have to mix it up because what you can't do with Embiid is say. Hey, Joel, it's going to be straight up every time. So then he can be like, oh, okay, if that's going to be the case, then I'm just going to do this. I'm going to, because he's shown that he can spin off of Al, Al Horford. He's shown that he can, you know, do do a couple of things. He's not, he's not going to back people down. Like you can't put smart on him in the post and say, okay, you know, Joel is going to back him down or, or whatever. Like there's a one key play late in the game where Malcolm Brogdon was guarding him. Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna have that happen and have Joel Embiid say, "Oh, well, I'm just gonna take this guy into the post because I know they're not gonna send a double team to me." You're gonna you're gonna have to throw some here or there just to let them know it might be coming. But I, I still think that because of his knee, he's he's not gonna be backing people down and he's gonna be out there on the perimeter. And because he's out there in the perimeter, the Celtics can do things like send the guards out, which I believe was your line of questioning. Uh, all night, which you, you see, uh, smart smart guarding Embiid is nothing new, but seeing Malcolm Brogdon on him and being able to face him up is is something that is is a new wrinkle. And it feels like if you put a guard on him, knowing that he's going to try to dribble past past these guards, well, they've got the quick hands that can make it difficult for him. And as soon as he put the ball on the floor, everybody just swarms at him mm-hmm. and 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 tries to get the you know, turnover or force him to give it up. So I think it's a, an effective wrinkle. People like to talk about Joel, I mean, uh, Joe Missoula's adjustments. This is actually a really good adjustment to what Joel Embiid is in this series. Yeah, I mean, people don't think Joe Missoula makes adjustments, right? Um, right. He does. I think you just probably don't notice most of them because it's a very complicated game. It's funny because I remember talking to Joe after the game. He's like, yeah, we didn't make that many adjustments. Um, and then I went back and looked at the table. Like, no, you made like seven adjustments. Like, <laughs> there were a ton of adjustments in game two. And uh, there were even more in this game. I think, honestly, we just saw them leaning into a lot of those. Um, I think the, the more guard-heavy matchups on Embiid was definitely a little bit different. Um, just the fact that Malcolm Brogdon guarded Joel Embiid, I think it's funny. And we should we should laugh. Let's have a good <laughs> laugh together at that. Um, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, the it, Honestly, what, what would have been really funny is if he just didn't send any help for Brogdon. And Joel's like, wait, what's going on yeah. here? <laughs> where, where's the double? Because they also triple-teamed him a lot. 
Yes. They, I think they quadruple teamed him. I think they sent six defenders at him at one point. Yeah. Grant was still rolling around on the ground at one point. Like they Peyton sent Pritchard six. dove in yeah. there a couple of times <laughs> off the bench. I forgot he was on the team. Um, but, you know, Embiid, they, I think what they did was they mix it up on him enough that he would get two buckets in a row and they would flip the coverage. They would change personnel. They would change the angle that they were helping from. Um, Philly did like an okay job with their spacing, but there was a bunch of possessions I was watching, especially in the fourth quarter. Where I'm like, they could have spaced this better to give Joel better outlets so they could actually zip yeah. the ball around because they had some great moments in this game where they were really zipping the ball around. Like the best, I think the best offense of the evening was like early Celtics where they came out just like super crisp driving kick and Philly did a good job of taking that away. I thought Doc Rivers did a pretty good job with the game plan in this game, but fourth quarter, you know, it's when it all comes down to right. And the Celtics, they just had like different segments of the game where they knew what they were getting to. And Philly, I think they were really hoping that Harden and B could take over and they just, they couldn't really do it. Yeah. No, well, yeah. Harden, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Embiid. I don't think Embiid has, has takeover power right now. Like he's, and, and that's what makes the Harden thing so, I think, from a Sixers perspective. I'm sure the guys on Lockdown Sixers are going to be, like, uh, talking a lot about that. Uh, when when you know that Harden is playing like that, it kind of changes how you can effectively guard Embiid. Because you're like, ah, you know what? Jalen on Harden, like, you don't you don't need to worry about throwing two guys at Harden because he's he's giving the ball up. I'm sure somebody on the sideline is looking at at Harden's game, going like, "Oh, he's checked out." So let's just <laughs> hold on, hold on. Everybody that da- I was sitting right here, everyone here was talking about how Harden was checked out. Yeah, yeah. We were wondering if Ime Odoko was in the stands tonight. Like he he was really <laughs> checked out. It seemed like. And, and to be fair to Harden, it's. One, he never plays defense, so it's not like you're going to see it there. He was continuing to try to churn out the offense. He just was super unaggressive trying to hunt his own shot. Yeah, He just played like somebody who did not trust his own ability to score anymore. So, yeah, Harden's still here. He's still engaged. Yeah, like I, I don't think we should be saying stuff like he has one foot out the door to Houston, even though he does. But we... To at least give him credit we for the fact, be, but we shouldn't be saying <laughs> like he did hit a big three off of a Joel pass at the very no, end. That, it's just like a little too late. Yeah, but like, that, but. like I don't think we should pretend like Harden is like being trash for the sake of being trash. He just has some sort of crisis of confidence, I guess, in a shot right now. And let's not forget, he did have the Achilles issue. Maybe his Achilles is could sore. Be, could be. Yeah. Could be that game one came off of ten days off, and he felt good, and now the every other day grind of the series is just not giving him enough time to kind of recuperate and he had to step up like it was it was do or die like sure they had they had to at least be competitive in that game if i win it so he showed up for that and now he's like joel please for god's sake and to be fair tyrese maxi like is not he's having a terrible series he is like he did score in game one but i think he was like 10 for 24 uh yeah you know and i think that was exacerbated by him missing like four threes in a row in the middle of the fourth quarter in that game but he just he like Maxi every game has like this one moment in transition where he blows by everybody and then like he like goes to the reverse and you're like oh god he's feeling it he's gonna run him out the gym Tyrese Maxi had six he, he had 16 shots tonight I only remember him hitting like two of them yeah it's like he didn't feel his presence at all and then when he's not turning them over and not getting out into the transition he's not really bringing what they need out of the third star yeah I mean <clears throat> I, I, I called him like one of the other guys on a, on one of my podcasts and like Sixers fans jumped in and like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, he's a second option. I'm like, well, I don't yeah, he's know, other, man. He's other plus. Right I mean, now. yeah, he's, he's right. But come on. He's, I know what he's like on the, you know, non Celtics games, but against the Celtics, he's very much, he very much plays like a role player against the Celtics. 
Um, and look, it, it's I, I think that has something to do. The Celtics defense has something to do with all of that because you you can stay home on those guys. You can bother their shots. Um, I thought defensively the Celtics did a great job. Uh, let's just start at the beginning here. They open up. Like, can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. We have to give the credit to Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown, one, offensively has been really good in the series, but also him taking on Harden for most of these last two games yeah. has freed up Smart and White who are not in the who are not in there together very often because they're going double big. But when they're in the game, they're able to either take Maxi or freelance, and that really goes down to Brown just continuing to yeah. bother Harden with his length. And they're icing Harden against the sidelines. Harden is like too patient in the middle, so he's not really attacking those gaps when they emerge. And a lot of that is that Jalen Brown's length from behind has been bothering him. He's been doing like a Derek White level defensive performance in the series. That's true. That's true. No. Jalen. Jalen. So Jalen has the defense, and then he has 19 points in the second and third quarters to carry the Celtics while, um, you know, the, the the game's going back and forth, and the Celtics are just kind of nursing this this lead, which was somewhere like eight for most of the most of that time. But Tatum Tatum didn't get going. Um, it didn't feel like he, he got going until like the end. He had that big seven point burst. Tatum, I mean Brown, in the middle of it. On top of playing the defense, he's ha he is really having a great two-way series. Uh, Jalen, 23 points. Uh, he got to the line seven times, which is more than anybody on the Celtics, which is kind of unique for him. Uh, he had the seven rebounds. He's not a big rebounder. He had five assists. He's not a big assist guy. Yep. So Jalen did a lot of the, the, the past game. couple of games have been really, really big games for him. Celtics come out. It's This was big night and beads MVP, uh, you know, this crowd is full of angry Sixers fans. This is their opportunity. It's 1-1. You're coming back home. Game three. This is the game you're supposed to win. And the Celtics come out to like a 14-4 opening. And, and it's like stunned. And in the third quarter, you start hearing boos. Or halftime, you start hearing <laughs> a, a smattering of boos. And then by the time the game is over, tons of boos. Like So this is... This this I felt like was, they were directed at one person in particular. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But so the Celtics did a really good job right away, taking the crowd kind of out of it and not having to deal with the the super hyped up crowd and the, and and the type of atmosphere where it's fueling guys. The you know the home team. You know that typical like they're feeding off the crowd type of thing. I always know that you're in trouble when Joel Embiid is doing this, this, Oh, that, that stuff to the crowd. It's a death blow there. You yeah. know, whenever yeah. he does that, it's, he's either already at 40 points or he's about to drop 40 points and, and there's nothing you can do, but he's just feeling it. You got none of that in this game, even though he had the 30, you get not, you had no real playing to the crowd. And this was the atmosphere that I think everybody feared uh, and, and I thought that was important. It was an important run to start the game and set the tone. Yeah, I mean, I think the big reason why Embiid never got there was that, like, every time that Embiid started to build some steam, they were able to just change things up enough on yeah. him that he never had that huge run. Because Embiid, all the time, will go on, like, a nine-point swing on his own. And you're like, oh, MVP time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't do anything about it. Um, and he never physically dominated this game consistently. Most of his scoring was coming from his shoot, you know, shooting over Grant or whoever he had in the cross match. He had a couple of really good drives, uh, but he didn't really do anything in transition that I can mm -hmm. remember. Um, 
He didn't really get any big pick and pop shots. Did he have any threes? He won one for two. Um, but like he didn't do a lot of the stuff that's a real backbreaker that makes you feel like, oh, there's nothing I can do. It was really just his finesse high post game, which for one should make you very scared because you're like, if this gets to like, well, it's going to get to game five, right? Yeah. If by game five, which is unfortunately it's so close for, to now that I don't think he has enough recovery time to like really get better. Yeah. But like he could drop 50 points in game five. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, I wouldn't you put know. it past him because he's, you know, he, he is that good, but I think you're right. Like there's the, the every other day, and playing 40 minutes, 39 minutes in this game, that is that's might be the most surprising stat. That's incredible that he played that many 39 minutes. minutes. <laughs> he just he just like almost tore his deal like two weeks ago. That's it's a great two. It's basically a tear. And he's play it, that's incredible. That blows my mind. Yeah. That hey, blows my mind. I mean, that's crazy. Um, so hey, if he comes back and plays, not only is it every other day, but it's a 330 start. So that's another hey, look, it's four hours. That's still not the full recovery time. So hey, it's and then it's a travel day after that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see if that. Maybe he was just feeling it because this was his MVP game. If if things don't go well early, I think this might be an opportunity in Game Four for the Celtics to have a big first half and kind of really, really frustrate the hell out of these guys. I know one thing: Embiid is an emotional guy. And and he can be frustrating. If you get to that point, then then you really have the potential to to knock this knock this series out uh, in a hurry. But that's down the road. Other big story here: Al Horford, who you might have heard, is an elite shooter. So, by the way, Al pretending like he didn't give a crap about that after the game was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. It's so fun, man. How, I mean, I, I could see it in shoot around. He kind of had like this edge to him. Like, okay, Al, Al is ready. Like, Al had a little something for for this game. And you know, after shooting, uh, I forget what the number was. It was like 20 percent or something over, over the course of the playoffs. He comes in. He's been shooting that well. I didn't realize. Yeah, right. I think I think the number was twenty nine percent. Coming into this, that's not horrible. Twenty nine percent on small volume versus forty percent is like two shots. It's not horrible. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but he clearly he, has not been. But he had yeah, been, he hasn't been obviously had been slumping. Yeah, but his defense has been great. So you know it's been fine. But five of seven from three, that was that was a big deal. There's, I think there might be nothing that Philly fans hate more than Al Horford doing good things against them. Uh, no, I know one thing. It's his siblings talking shit about <laughs> it on Twitter. That's what it is. Where's Anna at right now? Talking a <laughs> whole lot. Talking a whole lot. I'll pull up the TL for that. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I'm going to pull it up while you talk. Go ahead. <laughs> so Horford Horford hitting the threes, and he had a huge three uh, at the end. So uh, was it Grant Williams gets a three-pointer in the corner. Hmm. Shot comes off. Weird rebounding angle. It gets tipped out. Goes to, goes to Brogdon. Brogdon over to Horford. Horford <laughs> fakes the pass and then takes the shot and hits that. That's his fifth three-pointer of the night. That starts a run where Tatum starts to take over and hits his uh, seven seven straight Celtics points. How's the uh, how's it's, the Anna Horford? It's magnificent. It's a yeah. middle finger, um, a photo of Al talking that, shit yeah, to Duke yeah, in that moment. Yeah. Um, just quote tweeting people L and then well, blowing, the, the blowing and then blowing a kiss to Spike Eskin. That's probably the best part. Uh, oh, and someone <laughs> called her the c word and she responded with a green heart. That's uh, very on brand. 
great work, Anna. Yeah. Very pretty. <laughs> Anna Horford versus the, Philadelphia. The first family of the NBA is like, is like one of the NBA's like subplots. It's just great. It's great. It's a uh, right, quick story. Uh, my favorite moment in, in my entire journalistic career was I was interviewing during the playoffs last year. I was interviewing the like Anna and all her and all the siblings. Um, and I remember we were sitting in the family room. And Tito walks in, or no, Tito knocks on the window of the family room we're sitting in. Yep. And right as I'm asking them, I literally asked them right before this happens, is the whole chocolate milk thing real? Like, is he actually obsessed with it? <laughs> and they're like, our dad is obsessed with chocolate milk. Right at that moment, knock, 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 literally waves a carton of chocolate milk. Get out of and here. And he goes, Josh, do you want any chocolate milk? And they're like, dad, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most, the most perfectly timed thing. I'm like, is this really happening right now? Tito Horford, by the way, is a massive human being. Yeah, I saw you talking to him afterwards, and I was like, I've never seen Corrales look up at somebody like that before. He, it feels like I'm talking to Taco Fall. He's, <laughs> he is seven foot one, but he's got good posture. Oh, he's that tall? He's seven one. I was wondering because he seems so much bigger than Al. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. He's right, seven he does, foot one. He gets his chest up and everything. But he's, he's got most tall people have bad posture because you're mm-hmm. always slouching to get through things. So you just have a tendency to <laughs> or, just. Or to talk down to the rest of us right. in the world. So you really. develop this nice little hump on your back because mm-hmm. you're always yeah you're always looking down. Tito Horford is like standing up straight and is like every time I see him, I'm like intimidated he's might might be the most intimidating man i've ever like he just looks at you i'm like i just want to say sir yes sir no sir whatever you say sir like it's he's but he's like the nicest guy yeah but i swear i feel like he can like at any moment just rip my face off it's yeah. Tito probably wouldn't criticize al too much on the show i wouldn't safe. i wouldn't i yeah. would certainly never question his ability way, to but, um, shoot the ball no uh celtics closed well in this one I thought uh, there was a stretch there in the fourth quarter. So it's 13 points in the fourth quarter. They have opportunities to kind of put this thing away. George Niang starts going off. Like, it starts <laughs> to feel like, a, oh, crap, here we go again. Yeah, it's Tatum, like melting all over again. Yeah. yeah. Tatum misses a free throw. Jalen offensive foul. Niang is killing you for a stretch. You're like, what? he's beating guys off the dribble? What is happening here? Um but to their credit, the Celtics hit the huge shots. They didn't milk the clock like they usually do quite as bad, maybe a couple times. Not quite as bad. They got into their offense. Brogdon hits a big shot. Horford hits the big shot. And then Tatum, poor Tobias Harris. <laughs> I mean, poor Tobias Harris. <laughs> He's supposed to be a good matchup on Tatum. He just torched no, him. He has nothing. <laughs> Tobias Harris cannot guard Jason Tatum. Three straight possessions. They just ran a simple pick. Tatum posts them up at the three-point line, gets the ball, and just does whatever he wants. Drive, fade away in the baseline. Uh, drive, step back, corner, three-pointer. And then the rip-through move, which was super smart because they were in the penalty. Yeah. Rips through, draws the foul, and, and hits the two free throws, and it's just it's a wrap. So great kind of finish. At a point where it was like starting to teeter, and I'm sure every Celtics fan was sitting there going like, oh, again, they turned it around. And that, I don't know if that's going to carry over, but I mean, it has to be at least a little bit encouraging that they were able to finish the game. Well, like for one, this is how it's supposed to go, right? You you play a good game and then your star is like, all right, I'm going to end this real quick. Yeah. And then boom, boom, boom. That's what Embiid usually does. 
And that's what JT was able to do. And I thought what made it so poetic was it was the same play from the same spot three times in a row. And once again, they were screening him onto a what should be a good matchup for Philadelphia. (laughs) Right. They weren't targeting. Was it was Maxi in the game or Harden? Like the first game, they were like, we're just going to go at Harden. We're going to put Harden in the help situations and then just torch him as much as possible. This game, like, I don't care. Just yeah. give me anybody. It doesn't matter because anyone besides PJ Tucker, just let me take them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like Harris is tall; it has long arms. He should be able to stop that. And JT just got such perfect separation that he and I, I think it's it wasn't even about the separation; it's a mindset thing. Yeah, like JT was like, you know, this is Joel's MVP night. I've been watching Joel grow as an MVP all these years, working out with him over the summers. I want to ruin this night for him because that's what a good competitor does. And, Absolutely. And he, and he did. He did a great he did, job ruining his Great job. Night. Just, yeah. just pissing all over it that night. Uh, let's wrap things up here real quick. Uh, Robert Williams, 16 minutes. He had that, that uh, forearm injury, forearm contusion. He seems they, they shattered arm. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Joe, uh, wait, Joe shook his hand. So we're so good. he's fine. Yeah. He's what fine. was funny is uh, on the I noticed on the bench, the trainer was like shaking his hand, like trying to test it out. Yeah. And Rob looks like he was a rough shape. So I'm like, oh, did he break his arm? Yeah. And then he said it was a cut or a contusion or whatever. They said it's a contusion. contusion. I'm like, that's a bad contusion if they're doing he, that test. See what he's struggling with it. Yeah. So it felt like just looking at the replay, it was hard to tell because he had that save, that crazy save, which was awesome mm-hmm. from the corner way up all over to the other side. But it looked like he fell and hit his elbow. And you get that nerve, that kind of like funny bone type of situation. But it looked like he hit it really, really hard. And I feel like his arm probably went numb for a while. And the way that the guys were coming up to him, you you thought that he had a serious injury. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it seems fine. He was available to return. So that seems fine. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, Joel Embiid was available to return in uh, game one. And he had basically. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But But, uh, I mean, for one, for Rob, he better play through an upper body injury. After yes. all the lower body injuries, he better yeah. play through that. Yeah. I know he's got, I know he has like medical conditions and all that kind of stuff, but like you got to play through that. You yeah. got to show that you can fight through it. But he blocked three shots. Yeah, he was I good. the Celtics defense, aside from the foul. So the early on, this, this game could have been over early if they just defended without fouling, but they just continued to <laughs> foul so much in the first quarter that that kept everything close. They, they were playing worlds better, I felt like, in the first quarter, and it was. At one point, the Sixers had a lead. I'm like, the Sixers are playing like crap. How are they? Leading? Yeah, how do they lead? Because so weird. they just got, they just kept getting to the free throw line, living at the line. Um, once they cut that out, and credit to Joe Mazzulli, he said, "Stop fouling." <laughs> and they said, "Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> true, I, truly." I thought you said before the game to foul. You stop fouling? All right, yeah, okay. Olympians like, yeah, they know what they're doing. They know, they know when, yeah. when I say stop fouling, what that means. <laughs> um, only, oh, I'm sorry, you guys probably don't know because you're not basketball experts. When someone says stop fouling, it means don't foul. Yeah. So the Celtics, Important the Celtics put that part of their game plan into action. And boom, they really turned it around. Uh, so it's funny that Rob, Robert Williams and Grant Williams, Rob had four points, Grant had zero points, and I thought both of them were like hugely impactful in, in not a ton of minutes, 16 minutes for Rob, 23 minutes for Grant. Uh, I thought they were both incredibly impactful um shout out to grant williams for being made of steel joel and bead like just straight up stomped on his head accidentally it straight up stomped on his head when i saw the the replay like i couldn't tell what happened in real time because again i was like hanging from the rafters i saw the replay 
and I like cringed mm-hmm. because I thought the way it looked, like how does Grant even still have a nose on his face? How does that nose even still exist? Uh, and he came back in. That's like how does he still have teeth in I his I thought mouth? he was dead. How does he still like have like it ha- so we're I was sitting right here and it happened like right there about yeah. and so we saw like the straight up angle that like you basically were seeing on the broadcast of yeah. like him just getting and Grant's head straight up disappeared for a second. Yeah. And I was so fing scared because I thought of sorry, I'm not supposed to curse on this. I was so scared because I thought of that scene from Midsummer. I don't know if anyone here's seen Midsummer. No. I'm not gonna describe it because it's horrifying. Um, but that's what it reminded me of is it was mortifying. And the fact that he just like kind of jumped back up. I love yeah. the way that Jalen said it. He was like, uh, Grant Williams, like got like almost died. And then just like, yeah. got up all bloody with a smile on his face. That's Grant Williams. Yeah. <laughs> it was so true. Yeah. And I talked to Grant after the game. I was like, what were you thinking? He's like, uh, he, he said he had got up and felt that he was bleeding all over his face. And he said, well, I guess I got to go to the bench now. <laughs> <laughs> It's the most grand what quote a I've maniac. ever heard. What a yeah. He said he did say he's a crazy person as well. Yeah, because uh, it was great. I think it was a uh, Suichi Tirada from Mass Live asked him, uh, "Did you have to get uh, tested for a concussion?" And when he asked that question, I'm like, "Wait, what?" And then Grant's like, "Wait, you know what? Maybe I should have." Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, yeah. He's like, "He's like, am I concussed? I don't know. I'm a crazy person. I'll be fine." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But no yeah. one can tell the difference. He seems he seems like normal Grant. He has a concussion, just like as a state of mind. Yes. Um, but I mean, Grant. It's funny because Grant only I did not realize Grant only played 23 minutes until just now, because when Grant's on the floor, you notice that Grant is on the yeah. floor because something's going really well or really poorly. Yeah. And we had a lot of that in this game. But I mean, the big thing that's really been huge for them since Embiid gave, got back is the way they're doing double big. It's one guy hits Embiid high and then the second guy hits Embiid low. So yeah. Embiid never gets a free roll. And it's a big reason why him and Harden are not working well together right now is they've done a really good job of either pressing Embiid far away and hoping that the spacing works for them, which like was half and half at the Harden did some good stuff with that tonight. But it was really that like if Horford's up on the pick and roll, Grant is literally intercepting Embiid halfway through the paint and just shoving him out of the paint. Yeah. And it works really well to make sure Embiid never got into that rhythm on the pick and roll. Well, I think the Celtics have done uh, enough in these two games where it, they really are in a position here in game four to take full control. But as I've said, I've said this in the podcast, this is a, we're falling right back into the trap. I said after game one, I can completely see the Celtics winning three games in a row, which, by the way, I, I know that Sixers fans in there in the comments, I saw the comments. They were laughing like, oh, three games in a row. I think I think you can see it happening right now. No, I hope not, but you can see it. I I think the Celtics could easily win three games in a row, go back to Boston game five, and soil themselves. Completely botch that game, have to come back here for game six. Everybody has to book their last-minute trips and make this just like the Hawk series. Just instead of being able to finish things off where they're supposed to, Make it harder on themselves. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. The Hawks series we'll was fun. Let's do that again. It was fun. I'm enjoying Philadelphia. Is, I, and all they care about is whether I'm having fun. I don't care about true. the rest of that's it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But I know everybody was watching and listening is more concerned about let's finish this thing off. Let's get everybody some rest. Let's let the Knicks and the Heat just pound the crap out of one another. And everybody can just chill out. Don't you want... Tatum and Horford 
to you know relax and get right and yeah you know that's because remember last year it was a gauntlet right like tatum tatum was playing hurt in that buck series they had to push at the very end yeah. and then he was dragging through that miami series and then he ran out of steam halfway through the finals right and so, so like yeah that is it is really important for them if they can get any sort of head start on wrestling yeah so i mean because they're, they're good enough that they don't need the rhythm coming to the series they can split the first one one especially against miami and new york who's probably not as good as this philadelphia team even with yeah and struggling they're probably like right there with the way that philadelphia is right now but like the Celtics can deal with Russ at the beginning of a series. They have the talent. They yeah. have good enough coaching. They have the wherewithal to do it. Um, they like they just they they need to make sure these guys aren't banked up. And like Smart has like seventeen thousand injuries yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his yeah. entire upper body is like probably in a cast as we're speaking right now. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, so smart. That. Smart could get it, like a few extra days off will probably do him some good. You wrap him in bubble wrap or whatever. <laughs> um, just suspend him somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just have him float in some sort of tank. All right, well, that'll do it. Celtics get this win. It feels good. I'm I'm impressed with with this win. This is a this is a really good win. This is a really good one. It's a great game. Uh, uh, so game three, uh, game four, Sunday. So I have a post game pot on Sunday, um, and then hopefully it's three one, and the Celtics can try to take take care of business and maybe do a. a Oh, what you, would this even be called a gel, gentleman sweep? Because I feel like a gentleman sweep, if they're able to pull it off, knowing again that the Celtics still have one complete botch job in them in this series. Uh, if you give up the first game and then get the four, there's got to be a different name than gentleman sweep because that's like, oh, we've beaten you, but then you get a game, and it's like it's like you've got to win three in a row, then you give up the one, and then you finish them off. That feels more gentleman sweep. I call it a bum sweep. Like yeah. You're just a bum who couldn't get it together in time for game yeah. one. And you're like, oh, fine. I guess I'll go do my job. Yeah. No. No. People, if you got a name yeah, for it, leave it in the comments. Leave it in the comments. Leave it in the comments. Do it at us. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, for watching. Bonus podcast here at the Wells Fargo Center. Make sure you're listening. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, make sure you're watching on YouTube. And share the podcast to your friends, family, everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.